Lecture Topic Various Topics Session 1 Ahmaduhu wa nusalli ala rasulihil kareem Mahabad These little gatherings that we have once in a while The object is not to listen to something new every time all this is a revision, Muzakara. Muzakara. Muzakara is of those things that have already happened, repeatedly been said, heard, but the revision. And this Muzakara is extremely necessary. This is what keeps things alive. Something that we have heard, we had perhaps even practiced upon once upon a time. And then somehow it fades away. But by means of the Muzakara, these things come alive again. So this is purely a Muzakara. And generally, on these occasions, we read from the writings of our Kabir and discuss whatever advice they have given us. These are the same advices that come into the program from time to time. But reading it in their words, and their expressions, it has its own benefits, its own noor. So inshallah we will do the same today. These are the advices that we compiled by our Shaykh Hazrat Shah Haki Wakhtar Sahib Rahmatullah The advices of his Shaykh Hazrat Masha Abraham Haq Sahib Rahmatullah So the first advice is on the very same point that we had just mentioned now. believers so the Qur'an Sharif is saying something is beneficial to ever think that this can perhaps not be beneficial is a very dangerous thing. The Qur'an Sharif has said that that advice is beneficial. Yes, the benefit to be achieved then the correct procedure also should be adopted. But the benefit is certainly there. Whether it becomes apparent immediately or not that's a different issue. But the benefit is certainly there. Because Allah Ta'ala is saying, وَذَكِّرْ فَإِنَّ الذِّكْرَا تَنْفَعُ الْمُؤْمِنِينَ Provided there is Iman on the other end, it will benefit. So on this, Hazrat says that one should continue giving the sihat repeatedly. One should never feel that this is a waste of time, na'uz billah. It's never a waste of time. The talim that takes place in our masajid, in our homes, so that Talim is the same Kitab. That Kitab hasn't changed in the past 50 years. The same Ahadith are read, the same incidents that are mentioned in there. The same Kitab is read. But it has continued to bring about a revolution in people's lives. Nothing new. The same thing sometimes a person has heard it so many times before. And on some particular occasion it strikes his heart. So it is not some 
Sometimes it appears that it was just that particular occasion that struck his heart and that became the means of some change in his manner or turning his life around, whatever. That particular time, it came to the level that was required. All the previous occasions when that nasihat was heard, was all building something. It was all building something, it was all adding to some thing and eventually it came to the level that it should be in order to receive that full benefit. So the previous occasions didn't go in vain. Wasn't that that was just, by the way, all that added to it. The one incident that Hazrat then mentions here, that Mawla Shabir Ali Sahib Rahmatullahi, who was the nephew of Hazrat Asif Ali Thami Rahmatullahi, he once mentioned one, one incident that he wanted to advise somebody that look you must give up smoking. So he told the person one time, two times, three times, five times, and this continued, and the person just carried on like nothing happened. So now after 20 times, if somebody had been advised 20 times, and the person sees no change, he feels, well, all this got just wasted, all this time. Though in itself, it's never wasted. Allah Ta'ala says, Sawa'un alayhim anzartahum am lam tundirhum la yu'minun. With regards to those whom Allah Ta'ala has sealed their hearts, that there was no chance that they are going to ever be accepting this. Then to Allah Ta'ala says, Sawa'un alayhim, that to them it makes no difference, but to you, to you it will make a difference. To you, you will continue advising, it will make a difference. You will get the reward of it, you will get the benefit of that advice. So, when even those whom Allah Ta'ala had declared that their hearts are sealed, and they will benefit, still the person advising will still benefit. So when he's advising those who there's hope of them accepting, why won't he also benefit and they also benefit? So that explains this incident, that Hazrat Mashabir Ali says that he started advising this person once, twice, ten times, twenty times. It finally reached hundred. After a while he perhaps started keeping count. So it reached hundred and still no change. And it happened that the hundred and first time that he advised him again, this person just suddenly accepted that advice, said, now it's it, I gave it up now, finish, and he gave it up. Now, it doesn't mean that all that other hundred times, hundred occasions of advice went to waste, all that built up, this person needed it hundred and one times, literally. Sometimes they say, I told you hundred and one times, you know, I only said it about three times. So that's the form of expression, I said it many times now, so three times became too much. But yeah, 101 times was literally 101 times. So for him, it requires that 101 times. So the nasihat should never ever stop. This ayat of the Quran Sharif is a very great encouragement for us that this nasihat, Allah Ta'ala is saying, it benefits. Sometimes a person feels that there's such a low within him, doesn't seem to have any drive to do any Amal. So the one thing that might just be lacking is nasihat. Sometimes that low that comes is just perhaps that the amount of nasihat that I should be taking is lacking. Nasihat in all its various forms. Nasihat is not only one-on-one person advising one-on-one. Even 
a general was a bayan, that's also nasihat. So sometimes that nasihat diminishes. And this is like water that waters this field of the heart. In the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala describes wahi as like the rain that comes down from the skies. So the example that is given about, in fact in one hadith Sharif, Rasulullah gives this example, Masali wa masalu ma ba'asani Allahu min al-ilmi wal-huda ka masali al-ghaythi al-kathir that my example and the example of this hidayat that Allah Ta'ala sent me with is like abundant rain so now when rain comes the rain has this effect that that land which is completely parched and dry and dead that rain comes on this dry land and it brings it to life now suddenly the next day already it starts looking green it was so brown the whole months had passed and you are looking so brown one rain comes and the next morning it starts looking green already things are sprouting and within a few days that whole place is now filled with grass and vegetation and whatever so this was the effect of that rain likewise is the rain of wahi the rain of the Quran and Sunnah the rain of Nasihat of Deen that when the heart receives this rain from time to time, in all its various forms, the talim that takes place is part of this rain. That nasihat somebody gives us one on one is part of this rain. Obviously we are talking about the correct advice, the light of the Quran and Sunnah. The waz and bayan that we might hear somewhere from somebody authentic is part of this rain. This is that rain for the heart. And likewise, those amal that bring alive the heart, the daily tasbihat, zikr, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, all this is rain on that heart. And as long as this rain keeps coming, this nasihat is taken from time to time. We are part of some nasihat. In this lockdown period, many, many people didn't hear any bayan for several months because the masjid that they were attending was either closed, or if the masjid was open and accommodating some small number of musallis, there was still no bayan at all, and no nasihat. So many a person, after a month or two, said, I'm feeling extremely down. Why are you feeling down? Everything is carrying on, but I don't know why I'm feeling so down. When last you heard some bayan, some nasihat, some jumari says, well, that was when the lockdown started, that was the last before that. And now it's about two and a half months, nothing. So now two and a half months passed, three months passed for somebody and they heard no nasihat. As a result, the person went so low that his first namaz started getting left out. First he was perhaps missing his sunnats and then he was missing his jamaat. And then, because it starts becoming a convenience issue, what's convenient for me? And then there's no nasihat at the same time. So gradually things start going in reverse. And when things are, when something is going in reverse, it doesn't stop at a point unless it is then moved forward. It doesn't just stop anywhere, just remain there. It will keep going in reverse, it will keep rolling backwards, unless it is then started to move forward. Something is now done to arrest its backward slide and to now start moving it forward. 
So now when there's a slide, a person has to become very, very concerned. If his mamula stopped, his tilawat suddenly diminished, and then he's not so worried about his salah with jama'ah, for example. It's a very worrying thing. He should be like, it's an alarm bell ringing now. That this is a problem now. He's not going to just stop on his own. Something will have to done, be done immediately to start moving it forward. Sometimes it becomes a situation of where a person has no choice in the matter. Like for example in the lockdown period, many a person had no choice. He had to perform his salah at home with jama'ah because the masjid was closed. Or it was not possible to get to the masjid. Whatever the situation was. So in one part of it he is excused because it is beyond him. There was no possibility to do the amal to get there. But there's something that never ever gets excused. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala speaks about the person who becomes desperate to save his life, he has to eat something, there's no food available. And the only thing available at that time is something that is haram. There's some haram that's available nothing else and he's in a situation that if he doesn't eat now he's going to lose his life so now in that condition he is permitted to eat just that much just that much that will save his life not more than that but in explaining this permission in giving this permission in the Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says that he is allowed to eat just that much now, one of the explanations of this غير باغن that he is not taking any kind of enjoyment out of this. He is not doing it, well, generally it's haram, but today is halal for me. So today is halal for me, so enjoy it. No, 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 no. It's halal just out of desperation. It's something to be still detested. So one is that he will eat it. If he doesn't eat it in that condition and he loses his life, he'll be guilty of suicide. So he'll have to eat it. But he'll have to eat it with a heavy heart. He'll have to eat it with a very heavy heart. That what a situation has come, that now I have to eat this. So he has to eat it, but with a very heavy heart. Now likewise, sometimes a person, for example, whatever the situation is, a valid situation, He's ill, he can't go to the masjid for salah with jama'ah. Or now the conditions and halat that came, it was not possible for him to go to the masjid with salah, to perform salah with jama'ah. So now he's going to make his salah at home. Simply because he is unable to do so, he can't go to the masjid. So he'll perform his salah at home, he's excused. But is it being done with a heavy heart? Or being done with a kind of sense of convenience? Yes, mashallah. Well now, Previously, if I didn't go to the masjid, I had to feel some source of guilt. Now I don't have to feel guilty also. So I'm fine. I can actually feel happy about it. Never. Not feel happy about it. Excused. He will perform the salah at home. Because of the situation. Because Shariat has made it valid for him. But in that condition also, with a very heavy heart, that I got deprived of the masjid, Though he won't be accountable for that, though he'll be excused, 
And though he will even get the reward of the masjid, provided he was regular when he was able to do it. Provided he was regular when he was able to do it, he didn't shirk at that time. He will get the reward of Salah with Jama'ah even in this condition, in the masjid. That reward he'll get. Because he is not doing this out of choice, he's doing it without choice, and when he had the choice, he was making choice performing Salah with Jama'ah in the masjid. But despite all this, despite getting even the reward for it, he will still do it with a heavy heart. Still with that sense of that, what a sad situation that I couldn't make it. Now this is that aspect of that nasihat. That when that nasihat is constant, when the heart is kept alive with this nasihat, and the nasihat, likewise the other aspects that bring rain on this heart, the regular ma'amulat, tasbihat, tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, the other amal, then this heart is alive, when the heart is alive it is sensitive. And a sensitive, when the body is alive, it's sensitive. Somebody pokes some needle, the person feels the pain, the injection. If something is burning him, he'll feel it immediately, that sensation. Let alone burning him and poking an injection into him, somebody merely just touches him also, he feels that touch. He's sensitive to that touch also. If the person is unconscious, though he's not dead, but he's unconscious, he doesn't know what's going on, they're ripping him apart, they're cutting him, operating on him, whatever. He has no idea what's going on. He's unconscious. So in the heart, the life of the heart, the spiritual heart, when that starts coming to a state of paralysis, unconsciousness, due to a lack of amal, lack of zikr, lack of tilawat of the Qur'an Sharif, lack of tasbihat, lack of nasihat, then it starts slowly getting to a kind of paralysis, unconsciousness. Now when it reaches that stage, doesn't feel sensitive to anything. What came and what went, what first got neglected, it doesn't feel anything. What haram got indulged in, doesn't feel anything. The person went through the whole night watching some filth, doesn't feel anything. And slept through fajr, doesn't feel anything. So this is all that paralysis of the heart, of the spiritual heart. So this nasihat, this is the nasihat, this rain on the heart. So when the rain on the heart comes, then it starts bringing it alive. And now the vegetation comes up, the amal start coming alive. The amal are the vegetation and the crops that come out of this heart that is alive. So this is the lesson that is being given here, that this person was involved in the smoking and others want to now advise him one time, two times, twenty times, fifty times but he didn't take any heed hundred and one times he took heed so the lesson in this was that a person should never ever tire of giving the sihad he shouldn't tire of it but yes, in the right manner in the correct way it doesn't always have to be in a very formal manner it doesn't always have to be direct it can be in a very general way it can be in a very roundabout way sometimes but the niyat is there to advise somebody to give them nasihat to share something good and likewise we must have the heart to accept nasihat we must have the heart to give nasihat also we must have the heart to accept nasihat also somebody gives us something gives us a very valuable gift some very valuable something gold they give us 
you will be very happy to receive it. So, when you will be happy to receive that material, what can that gold compare? Forget that one bar of gold, the whole world of gold, what can it compare to one line of the Sihat of Deen? So a person should be happy to receive it. This is a sign of tawazu and humility as well, that he is ready to take the advice. Somebody gives him some advice, he accepts it. Then if it doesn't apply to him in some way, no problem, that was still the advice. So he accepts it. So this was the lesson and the message that Hazrat gave here. There's another incident mentioned here, this is a very famous well-known incident. Hazrat says that Hazrat Tanvi Rahmatullah mentioned on occasion, that he overheard while inside the toilets. Now people were waiting outside, so they were talking to each other, they now didn't realize that their voices are carried through or whatever, they didn't bother about it. And now one person is saying to the other, that I've told this person so many times to perform salah, that's enough now, I'm not going to now carry on. Twenty times I told him, I told him so many times, enough is enough now, I'm not going to tell him anymore. So when the other person heard this, he responded and said, Subhanallah, what are what a deep thing you are up to. Since that person didn't stop doing his wrong, but you want to stop doing the good you are doing. He is involved in the wrong, he is not performing his salah, and he is persisting on that. He doesn't want to stop his wrong. You are doing something good, you are advising him. But you want to stop the good you are doing. Hazrat came later in the Majlis and he said, this is a lesson I learned. Subhanallah, this is the heart of these people that he learnt it from some ordinary person but he came and acknowledged it. I learned this lesson from this person. Somebody was standing outside and he said something so wonderful such a beautiful thing he said that look if somebody else is not stopping the wrong they're doing why are you stopping the good you're doing? And this is a very very common situation in many many different spheres of life and aspects of life in relationships one person is doing something on a positive side and somebody else is responding negatively. He says, I did it one time, two times, now why must I carry on? So you must carry on is because it's good. What you think is good. He's carrying on something negative, you carry on something positive. So, this is a very general lesson which applies in all situations that somebody else is not stopping the wrong, you don't stop the good. Carry on with the good. ارشاد فرمایا کہ اگر کسی کار کے انجن میں پیٹرول بھر دیا جائے مگر پیٹرول کی ٹھنکی میں سوراخ ہو جس سے پیٹرول سرکوں پر گرتا رہے تو کچھ دیر چل کر کار کھڑی ہو جائے گی اسی طرح سالک ذکر کے انوار سے اللہ تعالیٰ کا راستہ طے کرتا ہے مگر دل کے نور کی ٹنکی کو شیطان اور نفس آنکھ کان اور زبان وغیرہ کے گناہ سے خالی کر دیتے ہیں جس سے سالک کی ترقی رک جاتی ہے پس ہر گناہ کی عادت سے سچی توبہ ضروری ہے بالخصوص بد نظری اور گندے خیالات اور بدگمانی اور غیبت کہ اس زمانے میں ان معاشی میں بہت اکثر کثرت سے ابتلا ہے floor is a hole as a result of which that petrol is leaking, that fuel is dripping out. So how far is this vehicle going to go? 
So in a short while, all that petrol will be drained out on the middle of the road, somebody is going to be stuck. In no time he's going to be stuck. Because while he did the right thing by filling the tank with fuel, but he didn't ensure that there is nothing that's allowing it to drain away. Now because it got drained away, he couldn't reach his destination. He got stuck on the road. So similarly, others says that many people, mashallah, the person who is a salik, who is trying to traverse the path of getting closer to Allah Ta'ala. So he is filling his heart with the noor of zikr, tilawat, nafil salah, far salah obviously, and various other amal. He is all the time, mashallah, conscious that I should be now doing more amal, performing more salah, nawafil as well, making my ta- tilawat regularly, mamulat. So he is constantly filling this heart with noor, with the noor of amal. But nafs and shaitan then come in, then waylay him, then through his eyes, through his ears, through his tongue, through his eyes by looking at haram, through his ears listening to haram, through his tongue by making ghibad, by talking evil things, vulgar languages, all kinds of sins of the Anyway, so just as it is important to keep filling that fuel, it is also important to make sure it is not leaking out anyway. So the person who is doing these amal, he should also at the same time be protecting himself from sins. And that specifically mentions four aspects here. Bil khusus bad nazri. Specifically, the sins of the eyes. The sins of the eyes, looking at any haram, looking at anything on the internet, on the phone, etc., which is wrong, which is sinful, casting lustful glances, these are things that totally drain the heart out. Likewise, gande khayalat, person cooking up evil thoughts, fantasizing and various other kinds of filthy things, person is occupying his heart and mind with all this. So this totally engulfs the heart in darkness. That heart, because these are all dark thoughts, thoughts of dark actions, sinful things. So now when that is what the heart is occupied with, the heart gets engulfed in darkness. The noor all just goes out. And now when that heart is engulfed in darkness, now that heart, first it was engulfed in darkness because of the thoughts. Because this person deliberately was engaging his heart and mind in these kind of filthy thoughts. But then the heart is king. And when the heart became affected by it, and the heart became engulfed in this darkness, the heart is king. Now the heart commands the limbs to also start moving in the same direction. So now first it was just the heart and mind engulfed in this darkness. Now the heart will engage the eyes in similar actions. It will engage the ears in similar actions. It will want the feet to walk towards similar things. And it will get the person involved in some other things. So this is where the whole, the seed is planted from the heart. And shaitan plants it by getting the heart engaged and entrapped in these kind of thoughts. So this is something which is very, very detrimental, very harmful. Many a time shaitan puts a person in this deception that you are not really doing anything. 
you're just thinking about something. So this, you're not harming anybody and it is better than those who are doing all the other wrong actions. Shaitan always will minimize things in a person's heart. Just today one person came, so youngster, asked him how's everything going, he says no, okay, mashallah, it's okay. I just did a few zigzag things. Now one youngster, so he's just talking now in his casual manner. So first he started off by saying, everything is okay. In this week I just did a few zigzag things. So now the few zigzag things he did, but everything was okay. So in other words, those few things are also okay. Now in his mind, it was okay. Not okay that it was right, but it wasn't serious. So now shaitan, this is the trap of shaitan. That shaitan makes something look small, trivial. That okay, it's wrong, Don't ex- not claiming it's right. So therefore he also is saying it, some zigzag. So he's accepting it's wrong. But despite this wrong, it's still okay. So then this wrong can't be bad. Meaning it's wrong but not serious. Now that's the trap of shaitan. That's the trap of shaitan. That makes some things look like palatable. It's small, it's wrong but it's not a, not a problem. So when a person starts regarding something as not a problem, it's occasional. So that becomes the stepping stone to something worse. And if he's regarding it as okay, he's not going to be shaken by it. Hey, how did I do this? Like Tobano. He'll carry on, life is okay. But then, in the meantime, the heart gets weakened and affected further. And then it becomes very, very easy to topple this heart. Because now it's taking impact from all this. You say, no, it's fine. Okay. Wrong, but okay. It's never okay. If it's wrong, it's never okay. It can either be okay or it's wrong. It can't be both. That it's wrong and okay. So this is the traps of shaitan. So likewise in this regard, shaitan puts this in the mind that, well, you're not harming anybody. You didn't go to any haram place. You're not looking at anything haram on the screen. It's just in your mind. It's just in your heart. So you're not doing what others are doing. So you're better off. But this is the the fuel that is already being placed there, then shaitan just needs to ignite it. He's already now soaking this, like something gets soaked, now that garment or whatever, person, that cloth, he's soaking it in that fuel, in petrol, in paraffin. Now it was dry, he might have had a battle even with a lighter to now, come and batches or something to light it. And he's trying to light it and it's, maybe the small gust of wind is blowing it off and uh, battling. But now this is soaked. It's soaked in that petrol, in that paraffin. Now one small spark, you don't need a whole flame. One small spark and it will ignite in seconds. And it will be a huge flame in no time. It will be a big fire in no time. So with the thoughts of the heart and mind which a person deliberately engages in. One is something involuntary came, he ignored it. And it went, waswasa of shaitan, provided he did not engage it, it would not harm him in any way. But for whatever the residue that it might have left in the heart, he still makes some istighfar to clean the heart out of that too. So he's not accountable for it, and it would not harm him, but sometimes it just leaves some residue behind. 
So he is concerned about cleaning that also. So he makes some istighfar on that. So he is not accountable for the involuntary thoughts, provided he didn't engage it. But here now he is deliberately, he is engaging his heart and mind in these kind of things. So now this is soaking it in that fuel of shaitan. Now it will require just a spark to ignite it. Now with that heart and mind soaked in there, and the next moment one rare mahram walks in front of him, it's very very unlikely he's going to look after his gaze. Because his heart is already soaked in this fuel of shaitan. It requires the slightest thing to ignite it. And then some opportunity Allah forbid calling it opportunity, shaitan putting that opportunity in front of it. Some so-called opportunity of sin comes, Allah forbid he's going to dive headlong into it. Because that it requires a spark to ignite something that's soaked in petrol, in paraffin, it requires just a spark. So now this heart that is soaked in this, where is going to finish out? Likewise that heart that is soaked in the zikr of Allah Ta'ala, soaked in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala, soaked in ihsan, soaked in taqwa. Now that heart sometimes ends up in the most difficult environment. person has to pass through an airport, has to go through some other space where it is a very very negative environment but because it is soaked in the remembrance of Allah Ta'ala that heart is soaked in taqwa that heart, heart is soaked in ihsan and the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala that person still comes out on the other side without any impact on the heart on one suffer he was in England so somebody suggested now to those who go for the first time to England perhaps it's like a novelty to travel in the tube train so maybe there was no need to go anywhere but somebody suggested we're going to certain place we'll go through and we'll use this so one sati he sort of was shying away from it because now that's a ajeeb situation but now they needed to go somewhere so this was it so he was now trying to jump into one car and go so I said now you also are, came from another country so coming along where are you going now so he said I am very very weak I can't manage this one he said, okay, you come with me, you'll manage it. Any case, he went along, he said, Alhamdulillah, Hazrat Barakat went fine. But then after, when they finished off, they got on the other side, later on, as a lesson to everybody around, this is not something that was said in any other way. Alhamdulillah say things in order to teach a lesson. Said, Alhamdulillah, Summa Alhamdulillah, not even for one, to what iota. My gaze got misused in this whole time that I have been here in this country. Whereas now they have to pass through so many places, wherever, whatever. Alhamdulillah, not even one fraction. So now, how does this become possible? Not even one fraction. Because at heart, it's so soaked in Allah Ta'ala's remembrance, in the consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Now this person says, because I was walking alongside my Shaykh, I was very conscious and therefore I guarded myself. Alhamdulillah, everything went fine. Now that consciousness of somebody human alongside that we have that makes us a little bit more careful that consciousness when it comes in the heart that Allah is watching Allah is aware and a person is soaked in this consciousness so why won't he be a thousand times a million times more careful so this is the second aspect that is mentioned here one was the aspect of Bad Nazri the second was Gandhi Khayalat evil thoughts this harboring and cooking up 
this evil thoughts, this is extremely detrimental, it weakens the heart, weakens it spiritually, and it even causes, weakens it sometimes even physically. These are the things that cause so many uh, physical problems also. When a person continues in these things, it creates a lot of havoc. So, this is something to make tremendous effort to stay safe, safe from. And in the Quran Sharif, Allah Ta'ala gives us the prescription. إِنَّ الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْ إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ تَذَكَّرُوا فَإِذَا هُمْ مُبْصِرُونَ The people of taqwa, when shaitan tries to now waylay them, إِذَا مَسَّهُمْ طَائِفٌ مِّنَ الشَّيْطَانِ Shaitan comes and starts whispering his waswasa and tries to start deviating the person from his path, trying to take him into some sin. Immediately tazakkaru. They remember Allah Ta'ala. They engross their heart in zikr. So the zikr that time that is most effective is the zikr qalbi, the zikr of the heart. Even if at that time the tongue is not engaged in zikr, but the heart becomes engaged in zikr. Person starts shouting out from his heart, though no sound is coming out from his mouth. He's shouting out Allah, Allah repeatedly from his heart. That turns the whole attention of the heart towards Allah Ta'ala. So Shaitan is trying to now attract the heart in a different direction. But he has linked his heart to Allah Ta'ala. So he gets saved from the distraction of Shaitan. So this is the ilaj and the, the remedy to those waswasas of Shaitan. So this was the second thing as I mentioned. Bilkhusus bad nazari or gande khayalat. And the third thing, bad gumani. Four things mentioned here. So this is the third aspect. These are four sins out of many, many things. Because these are the things that are most detrimental to a person who is trying to progress in deen. person trying to progress in deen, generally such a person would stay away from many of the other sins. He generally won't be found going to some den of sin and vice. He generally won't be found to be somebody drinking and gambling and indulging in intoxicants. He's somebody in the masjid. He's making tilawat on the Quran Sharif. He's often making zikr. He's in the majalis of deen. But these are the things that destroy him also. He got saved, mashallah, from many other things. He refrained from all that, but then comes and falls into these things. And these things become the means of the person then toppling. So the first thing that was mentioned, Bad Nazri. And the second, Bad Nazri casting haram glances, Gande Khayalat. Engaging the heart in evil thoughts, cooking up evil thoughts. And the third aspect, Bad Gumani. Bad Gumani, harboring suspicions. Harboring suspicions, person now something happened, didn't happen, and he is now already analyzing it in his own mind. I think this is what happened. This is the reason why this person did this. Or this person has this evil intent about something about me. This person did this to me and this person did that. Whereas in reality nothing happened. In reality it's all no no one person asked somebody something. It was some, some matter, he needed some 
clarity on something. The person said, I'll get back to you. So now he asked for some clarity on some issue. The person said, I'll get back to you. A oh, simple thing, he said, I'll get back to you. Probably on the phone or whatever they spoke, he said, I'll get back to you. So he got busy and he forgot about it for one day. And then the next day, he happened to meet somebody who was a person who this matter referred to. So he happened to meet that person. And they just met briefly. They met and then they carried on. He went his way, that person went his way. So the person who had asked him this, that please I need this clarification, he happened to witness this. Now I asked somebody that I need this clarification. So now this clarification was to do something about the other person. I asked Muhammad the clarification something about Ahmad. So now I happen to see Muhammad and Ahmad talking something. Now he didn't come back to me yet. He said he's going to come back to me. One day passed. And now I see I asked him about some clarification about Ahmad. He's talking to Ahmad. And then one hour later he happened to now remember that I told this person I'm going to get back to him. Something triggered the thought again that I told him I'm going to get back to him. I forgot. So now one hour later he phoned him and he gave him the clarification. So now it was a straightforward thing. But now, what the next thing happened now? Says, where is it? He had to go and ask that chap what answer to give me. This answer was given to him. That person put it in his name. Lukma, you make sure you say this. Now that became a huge problem. Just giving it to the crux of it. Now when the person was asked, that did you go and discuss it with him? He said, I didn't even talk one word about it with him. I didn't even ask him about it. I didn't even remember the issue at that time. We just met in passing. It was just a coincidental thing we just met. And we just met, we spoke something. And how's everything, whatever we spoke, we had no discussion, discussion regarding the issue. I went my way, he went his way. But now, because this in my mind is too good to be true, I asked him for clarification. It was a simple thing. He took 24 hours to come back. And in that 24 hours, for such a simple thing, he didn't come back up to 24 hours. He only came back after he met the other party. So now, what doubt do I have in my mind that the other party told him to say this? Whereas the person is saying, I can take Allah's pasam that I never had any discussion. But now this is shaitan. This is shaitan that will plant that seed of badgubani. Now, this sometimes will get clarified. By chance, it will get clarified. That somebody will ask the other party, that, did you really say this? Did you really do this? And often nobody asks anybody anything. The person already starts building his whole palace, his whole dungeon, without a foundation. Because that Badgumani is based on nothing. Now he's building one thing over the other, all based on nothing. But that dungeon, he wants to drop it on somebody else. He's already now sharpened his sword with that Badgumani. That stone or that sharpener. Now he had something blunt. Now he found this badgumani to sharpen it on. And now he's going to use it on someone. But that was baseless. There was no fact to it. But now this is how, and this is a very simple day to day thing. This happens all the time. It happens repeatedly. And a person doesn't stop to think on the day of Qiyamah, if I am called to ask to present evidence. 
for this which I regarded as a fact, for this which I gave it the level of certainty, definitely this person he did this, or definitely this is what he meant, or definitely this was his intention, forget something that he did, we are so certain about people's intentions also. That this is what his intention was, this is what he intended to do here. So his action though is a far away thing which he didn't do, we also know his intention behind the action he didn't do. He didn't do the action, but we also know about the intention behind the action he didn't do. So this is how far this Badgumani goes. And this Badgumani is the seed that Shaitan plants. That famous incident about somebody met Shaitan and they started uh, rebuking him that you are such a terrible fellow, such an evil fellow, you keep causing so much of destruction and disruption and cause so much of uh, problems and issues and whatnot. Shaitan said, what do I do? I don't do nothing. You're blaming me for everything. You saw me doing all this. She says, you are the cause of everything. You do all this. She says, I don't do anything. Now let me show you what I do. So he took him to the Mithai shop. So the Mithai shop was around the corner and there was some syrup somewhere there in that whatever sweetmeat was there. So he took one dot of that syrup and he went and put it on the wall somewhere. Somewhere close to the floor he put it on the wall. So now that one dot of syrup on that wall, so very quickly one fly came and sat on it. So the fly came and sat on it, so one lizard was somewhere else in the corner. The lizard saw the fly and it dashed at it, grabbed that fly. While it was busy with the fly, the cat was nearby. The cat was nearby, the cat came out of its corner and it jumped on the lizard. Now while the cat jumped on the lizard, one customer had come into that place with his dog. So the dog suddenly saw the cat jump out of nowhere. The dog jumped and attacked the cat, killed it. Now that was the owner's cat. The owner got furious, he got started arguing with this person. And they got into a fight. And in that fight, the battle escalated where one person ended up killing the other person. Now Shaitan stood aside and said, you see, you're going to blame me for this murder now. I only put one dot syrup on the wall. Now you're going to tell me I'm responsible for this murder. But that Shaitan planted the seed of that murder. Because this was deliberate. He knew the plan, this was all his action, all his planning. That now I'll do this, this is where it will lead to. So often this syrup on the wall is this badgumani. There's one suspicion that shaitan drops in the heart. And there are so many things if we ask ourselves what we felt so certain about. Can we present evidence for it now? We can't present now, we're going to present on the Qiyamah. Now these are all things, 99% of them are badgumani. But then shaitan now puts that so deeply in the heart, the person now starts building things on that, he starts now planning his responses to issues based on that, he starts thinking of how to now sort the next person out based on that, all based on Badruman. So this is the third aspect that is mentioned here, this is what Allah Ta'ala warns us about in the Quran Sharif, inna ba'da zvanni ism. That some thoughts are sin, this badgumani, this suspicions. And then the fourth thing, ghibat, backbiting. Now the person, mashallah, all the amal he's doing, etc. But everything is going to get drained out and parceled off to somebody else. So he's going to be just as empty. So a person, mashallah, making the effort, trying to get closer to Allah Ta'ala, trying to get engaged in the amal, etc. 
this is a tremendously great thing, the more we do the better. But while it is very important to earn, it's in fact more important to then look after it. Person earned it, but before he came home he lost it. So then he earned it, so what's the good about he earned it because he lost it. He must earn it, mashallah, but also look after it. So this is the looking after it. That a person keeps himself safe from all these gunas and sins, all these things that drain everything from the heart, and as a result, everything is lost. Allah Ta'ala give us the tawfiq. Allah Ta'ala bless us with the understanding and give us the tawfiq of staying away from all haram, and especially these particular issues which are very, very detrimental. Allah Ta'ala give us the ability to continue progressing towards Him at every step. Bless us with the nisbat of the awliya siddiqeen and ihsan and make us among his true servants. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.